0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives.
2: I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better.
0: I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show Because to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious.
3: Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at
4: HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit MOFAD.org.
5: I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
6: Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Aaron Resnitz. We are sitting in beautiful, sunny Long Beach, California uh, with Chef Luz Navarro. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you uh, for having us. So Long Beach is going through a bit of a revitalization uh, as far as food culture and putting itself on the map, not just as Greater Los Angeles, but its own city, right?
7: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, we've always looked at ourselves here in Long Beach as, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, L.A.'s, you know, L.A. proper, I should say, or sure, what they sure. call uh, L.A. midtown, as, the you know, the stepsister, or the evil stepsister, a little bit down in the south. But, um, yeah, I'd say, you know, within the last easily four or five years, we've just really taken some big steps forward to... Um, to put Long Beach on the map, not just necessarily yeah, like you mentioned um, as a greater LA uh, scene, but as a Long Beach scene, you know. Period.
6: Yeah. So you you were sort of born into the culinary world, right? I mean, talk about the tradition, starting all the way back with your grandmother, even before your grandmother was your grandmother just the first person you came into contact, but her recipes were like her mother's and her mother's mother's and etc
7: pretty much you know and it's really funny and kind of interesting when you know you'll hear it or you know you'll kind of watch it in a sitcom on tv but um when you do have those mexican grandmothers or the mexican mothers they really are you know like that controlling and you know aggressive to be able to keep those cultures and those traditions alive Um, and you know i'm I'm a product of that you know and i kind of grew with that and You know, and then there's even family conflicts where, you know, uh, on my mother's side, and then there's a recipe that's from my father's side, and then, you know, the father's side family is like, that was our recipe, you know, and your mother, you know, learned that from (laughs) our grandma, and, you know, everybody's always
6: trying to, like, call the dibs, you know, on whose recipe it is. I mean, what happens when there's two grandmothers? How do you pick which recipes to cook, or does it... You know, it's sort of like, uh, all right, you got, you have the chili rellenos, okay, so we're going to do a sada our way. Like, how do you figure it out? Well, <laughs>
7: pretty much what we did, we we had a disconnect, you know, we had a disconnect from it because it literally will become, you know, this emotional wow. family battle of, you know, whose is better, or whose was, you know, done first, or who learned what from who, Um you know, and really what we've done now is we've, you know, at Lola's, we've kind of gathered what we call our staple items. Sure. And those are our staple items that are traditional, you know, home cook style, which are our family recipes. And then from there we've started to devise, you know, my own style of recipes of course. from there. And that's kind of helped loosen us up a little bit too, you know, of,
6: of the family recipe tensions. Now your father was a chef as well, right? But he did like classical French, French cuisine. <laughs> was that because there was just too much pressure at home? He's like, I can't keep up with my mom and my mother-in-law. Well, that one I think was more like out of <laughs> uh, necessity, uh, I would
7: say. You know, because it's uh, so our first generation here in the states. Sure. And my family's from Guadalajara, uh, Mexico. So uh, my dad, he came here to the states in. 1967, I believe, mm-hmm. and he was coming to buy a car, you know, he had, I think it was like a Ford Galaxy 500, which classic. is classic. was his, like, dream car, and he sure. was, supposedly he was going to come here, work for a few months, make some money, buy this Ford Galaxy, and then drive it back to, Colorado. well, you know, he never came, he never went back home, he um, stuck here, you know, actually he landed here in Long Beach, interestingly enough, and, you know, he Got a position at a French restaurant, and then just started really growing from the bottom up, and then was trained, you know, and then sent to UCLA through their culinary program. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, super, super interesting
6: story that I guess you could never get, you know. That seems like a unique thing that would happen that may not even happen, that would never happen today.
7: Yeah, you know, I don't know if there's even institutions now that are offering, opportunities like that yeah. but it really was a unique opportunity at the time you know to start off you know he started off i think as a dish and then moved up and then started prepping and then from there and then the company really kind of grabbed him and put him under their wing and which company was it uh the velvet turtle okay yeah the velvet turtle and it's a they were a big seven you know 60s 70s 80s real classical french style
6: cuisine um and yeah, and that's that's kind of how he. And so, uh, when did you start getting in the kitchen? Like, how did that? Was it you know your job to like blister the peppers and rub the skin off? Like, did it was it just like immediately just all right? As soon as you are old enough to walk, you're going to start helping out. Pretty much, um, and it wasn't necessarily like uh, to get
7: us out there and get us working. But uh, my mother worked. You know, she she was a housekeeper. She cleaned homes. Uh, for a living, so if she had a Saturday gig going, mm-hmm. um, it was my dad's responsibility to figure out what he was going to do with the kids, you know, so for him, right. I mean, it was the 80s too, so it was totally
6: different. There no child there. Yeah, it was, you know, guy.
7: at that time it was all good, so he literally grabbed myself and my sister, we'd show up on Saturday morning, you know, it was like 8 a.m. in the morning, and we'd get to pitting strawberries, peeling carrots... Uh, he'd give us, like, real simple, like, uh, vinaigrette recipes that we'd make. And, you know, this big Hobart mixer. Oh, yeah. You know, mind you, I'm, <clears throat> I don't know, like, seven years old at yeah. the time. and Can't even I'm, serve the lid, right? And, uh, you know, and our big, you know, I laugh about it because now it's memory for us. and we Of course. It. But, you know, he would always, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Um is I'm trying to blame. but Oh, reward us. Oh, he would okay. always reward us with like a big slice of cheesecake and a glass of milk. Great. You know, and as a kid, I mean, that was pretty much all we were looking forward to. And in his
6: mind, it's like, I don't have to pay these wages. <laughs> exactly. Because the cheapest, the cheapest labor right yeah. can get, slice a, <laughs> slice a day old cake and milk. Um, and so at what point was it to go from like being a chore to, to being a thought of going, I want to actually make this something that I do all the time. Did you see the benefits of being in the kitchen and did you fall in love earlier or did it take a long time to get there?
7: You know, it took me a while to get there. And the reason being is, you know, the fact that my dad was an executive chef. So, um, you know, when you're working in the kitchen, I think this is one thing that a lot of folks don't really necessarily take into consideration is that anytime. The mask population is off, mm-hmm. you're on.
6: Oh, yeah. You know, so, so you, holidays, you're going into in a yeah. long
7: weekend, you know, I'm not going to enjoy the long weekend. You know, that's when we perform. You know, sure. we perform whenever anybody is off of work.
6: But don't you see that as like, that's your time to shine?
7: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I look at it now as like, this is right. you know, our big Broadway dates, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, curtains you, up, curtains up, we're ready yeah. to rock. You know, now we're like, okay, we're going into Labor Day weekend, you know, it's, it's, for us now, I'm like, you know, I'll get goosebumps. And oh, now, yeah. Now I get excited because oh, yeah. now I'm like, okay, well, let's call our fish purveyor. You know, what fresh fish does he have? What can we get? What can we get our hands on right now that's just going to knock the socks off the people that are going to come visit us during this three-day? Yeah, and it sounds like it being a completely
6: family affair from, from day one.
7: <clears throat> Pretty much from day one, you know, that's kind of – I guess gearing into, you know, switching gears into that. Um, my mother's dream was to open up Lola's, mm-hmm. which that's the restaurants named after her. Um, and I was, you know, oh, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to start my career. You know, I graduated from college with my degree. Sure. And I was, you know, I, I was gone. I was like, I'm oh, yeah. n- not going to touch the kitchen anymore. You know, that's, that's for suckers. Right. And, uh, you know, shortly after she opens her door, she gets diagnosed with cancer. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, and uh, so again, the family kind of regrouped, sure. we came together, we came to her aid. I also got to give, you know, tip my hat and give thanks to uh, the, the community here in Long Beach because, man, from the minute she opened her doors, you know, she kind of didn't know what she was doing. We'd been in the restaurant forever and, um, but you know her by herself, and they just supported her. Like I mean, she Amazing. was rocking from the minute she opened. So we came to her aid. We we started helping her. She you know was able to really see the restaurant start coming into fruition. You know she she uh, worked it for about two and a half years yeah. as she was sick. Um, <clears throat> and at that point was when I realized there was no getting away from this. There was none.
6: But I mean, did you even want to get away? At that point when it really sort of – when you go like I've been working my whole life to this, to being a restaurateur like my father and like my mother and just, you know, honoring the tradition of your grandparents. I mean what else could you have done to sort of keep the family tradition alive outside of that?
7: Yeah, you know, and I came – and again, you know, get the goosebumps. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I came to a moment of, you know, people will say self-realization. Sure. And I really did come to that point where I was like holy cow, like – my whole life's experiences and work
6: has led me and prepared me to get to this point. Isn't it a beautiful thing when you? It's not. I don't want to say stop fighting, because that means like you've been resistant to it. But when sort you go like, not only do I love this. I mean, it's tough, right? There's tough days, but you go like, I love this, and it it honors my parents, and it's 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 like this beautiful thing that is a very rare opportunity to. To, like, carry on the tradition and share it with the world. Yeah, and, I mean, it's really fascinating
7: that you word it in those ways because that's truly how I look at my life. Yeah. You know, and that's really, you know, people come up to me all the time, you know, and say, hey, you know, oh, my God, what's your guys' secret? You know, what are you guys doing? You know, what can... And it comes back to, you know, it's the passion behind it. Yeah. And the fact that there really is... Uh, Love behind that And if that
6: love Isn't there Then it's really hard To replicate You know Oh absolutely Yeah I mean Nothing Nothing is worse Than going to A restaurant That And we talk about Authenticity all the time On this show And it's a very Grey area And we could spend A whole time talking about But it's just When you have that Level of love Those years You just You taste it You feel it It's like you don't even Have to explain You know, you can know the story and be like, oh, my God, this is the same thing that my grandparents and my family's making for 40, 50, 60 years. But you you can feel it in the food. And even people that don't know you, they don't know your story,
7: they come in and they can feel that energy. And it really is, you know, it's when a restaurant becomes alive and it has a soul. And when you walk into a restaurant that really does have a soul, you can feel that and you can taste it in the food. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really amazing, but that's truly what I feel and what I believe. And I feel that when I go out to eat and experience yeah. on my
6: own. Oh, yeah. I mean, eating in a soulless restaurant is, hands down, one of the worst experiences. It's, in many ways, unforgivable. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like, you just go, why would you, Why you're not a barbecue guy. You're not a, a fish girl. Like, why are you opening a restaurant that doesn't represent who you are? Exactly.
7: You know, we had a conversation, there was a couple, uh, at the Lola's Speed Noles location, uh, Friday night. <clears throat> and, you know, I was talking to a table and I walk over and this guy's like, Hey, excuse me. Um, he goes, Hey, you know, are you, is this your, and I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is my place, you know? Yeah. And he's like, Oh man. He goes, you know, I was really trying to wonder, uh, you know, who was behind this, you know and I'm saying? You know, it's, you know, where's your family from? And I told him, you know, I kind of gave him a rundown yeah, sure. and everything. And he was like, man, he goes, dude, I could, I could, I could just, I could taste the food and it was so awesome, but I, now I could put like a face to it. Yeah. You know, and when you hear that from people, that's kind of what energizes me and kind of
6: keeps my batteries going. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit about the food of Lola, some of the, Amazing Chefs that's passed through those doors as well And then we're going to talk about the uh, Music Takes Good Festival coming up um, In two weekends On uh, September 23rd And the big dinner on September 24th We have Fletcher C. Johnson Happy Birthday Hands down one of the best tracks To come out of Snacky Tunes Here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org Did you ever want to be
1: Out on the seaboard all of your possessions below the deck. So when they question what's your direction, you can't say south, boy, and know it's bad. what well, did you ever have? What do you want to know me
6: Welcome back to Snacky Tunes, I am one half your host, Derek Resnitz, here out in beautiful sunny, it's a gorgeous Sunday morning, uh, in Long Beach with Chef Louis Navarro of Lola's. Um, and uh, we were talking about the family cuisine and the tradition and, and the soul of the restaurant. Um, so what are some of the signature dishes? Like, what, are, what is one or two dishes that your grandmother made and you have just been like, it was perfect? Don't touch it. It's on the menu.
7: <laughs> you know, we kind of go back to those, like, battleground oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, scenarios. But, you know, the big one, and pretty much what I tell folks immediately, you know, when someone says, hey, so what is your, you know, what's your guys' signature dish? And, you know, I kind of pull myself out from that equation, and I, you know, more or less put it on Lola's lap, you know, the restaurant, and it's our beauty um, it's our it's a signature dish mm-hmm. from Guadalajara, Uh traditionally made with goat mm-hmm. you know, my family actually made it with pork and veal
6: mm-hmm. you'll
7: see it you know at places where it's made with a uh, bat of beef whatnot but um that is our signature dish that's that's literally been the family recipe you know that's the big battleground one that oh yeah, yeah you know that my mom's family uh, Uh, learned it from my dad's side of the family and, you know, that was their original recipe. But, um, you know, when you come to Lola's, the the birria is,
6: that's our signature. Alright. And um, you've had a lot of, now that you've known for your cuisine here, you've worked with, like, a lot of big-name chefs from Mexico, Mexico City and beyond. Um, What's it been like to sort of reach that echelon of of Mexican chefs um, and presenting the food to, to these well-known peers
7: you know it's 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 kind of been one of those things where um you know when you're kind of looking at your life Mm -hmm. from a different angle it's it's kind of been very humbling I guess I should say and um I've had the luxury really to kind of go around and we've toured literally every region in Mexico and you know, we'll go with you know Rick Bayless, and uh, we're touring with uh, Ricardo Munoz, who's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, he really is like the king of Mexican cooking in Mexico. Um, he's kind of revered as uh, the chef that was able to hold on to Mexican cooking, real down to earth Mexican cooking, while everything else was changing around him. Um, you know, and we've been with celebrity chefs and you know, what I've realized is that everybody is cooking out of their heart. Yeah. You know, and it's not really what it is that you're creating or how creative you are, but as long as you're doing what you love to do, um, that's what these folks are doing. You know, we're able to learn techniques and you know, different ingredients, and different ideas and we'll learn them and I'll bring them back here to long Beach, And that's kind of what feeds, my soul is to be able to showcase these new recipes or these new ingredients or these dishes or even the techniques um, and showcase them to
6: our customer base here. I mean, Mexico, I would say, is probably having its most popular culinary moment. But this Not just today, but the last couple of years. Um, are you seeing that these guys who, and yourself included, um, and ladies who cook, uh, go back into the authenticity, soul conversation? Are you finding that there's people coming in who are trying to like just capitalize, that like, because Mexico is hot right now, um, and not so, and just trying to be like, okay, we're going to do flautas, but we're going to do like crazy flautas. We're going to do you know like peeking duck flautas and things like that.
7: I think so, you know. And <clears throat> again, you know, just depending on the culture that you're in, but you know, I'll hear it through through our, you know, little circle, you know, like, hey, what the heck, you know, um, why is this culture trying to get into our thing or, you know, and that was, you know, one of the big ones was obviously going through the whole Korean barbecue, you know, whole thing. But, um, you know, I think that it always has been popular. Yeah. I just think that it got stuck in second gear for many years. Sure. You know, because everybody who... You know, who
6: won't eat tacos on any given day, you know? Anyone. And it's the most versatile, like, beloved food in the world. Everyone has some version of, like, a a wrap food.
7: Everybody does, you know? So um, I think that the cuisine got stuck in that gear, at least here up in the States, you know, Northside. Um, And within the last, I'd say, five years, it's starting to transform. It's starting to... It started to move forward. Like, I think we were finally able to kick it into third gear. Sure. You know, there's still some people that, you know, are like, this isn't Mexican food. You know, what the heck? Where's the hard shell tortilla? Right, right, right. You know, and uh, we've kind of just, you know, I joke around when we have our meetings, but, you know, we kind of just run those people over at this point because they're not going to change, you know. We're not going to ever change their palate. Um, But when it comes down to it, you know, now more than ever, I'm seeing people opening up, you know, their eateries with that Mexican modern cuisine idea, and I think it is probably to ride, you know, and rightfully so to
6: ride that wave right now. I mean, the fact when one of the staples of the cuisine is mole, which has a base of four dozen ingredients, you f- I mean, you know, French mother sauces are have four ingredients, you know. Right, and that's <laughs> the base of French culture, which is everyone loves a mornay sauce. But when you get a mole, and the depth, and the flavor, and the soul that goes into it, it's if you love food, you 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 fall in love immediately.
7: Yeah, we were touring Yucatan a couple years ago, and we were in the van with uh, Rick, Rick Bayless, and we were having this awesome discussion as we were driving to one of our destinations, and that was one of the things that he mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, obviously French cuisine is. Uh, revered worldwide, you know it's yeah, and 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 rightfully so, you know. I mean, you think of the techniques that they created, exactly. Um, you know, or even I, you could say that they invented that they yeah. imagined. Um, so they have a place, obviously, that will never go away. But when you do start talking about complexity, mm-hmm, you know, he actually was. You know, we were talking about having like a table and having a puzzle together. And he picked up the French cuisine, you know, chip and kind of moved it on its own and then moved the Mexican chip and kind of put it at the same level with Italian cooking. Yeah. You know, when you have these complex meat sauces. Yeah. You know, um, and that's really kind of what you get in Mexican cooking. You know, when you're looking at the complexities, the layers of flavors. um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely unique. And if you... If your palate lets you get to that level, uh, man, you'll get your socks knocked off in Mexico.
6: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, not only have you brought it to Long Beach, but you are going to be honored or help sort of spread this culture at this uh, music taste good giant dinner on September 24th. And you're actually cooking with is it the great grandson of Frida Kahlo? He's the uh, great-grandnephew. Great-grandnephew. Yeah, great-grandnephew of Frida Kahlo. And so um the dinner is happening here, six restaurants, right? Yep, it's going to be six chefs total and then each chef
7: uh was able to invite the guest chef of their choice. You know, um I had the luxury of cooking with Diego in Mexico City um a few years ago. Um super super talented uh guy i mean this guy when you're talking about energy yeah and
6: creativity i mean, I mean it's in his blood it's, it's in his it's blood. it's in his blood you know
7: and not to mention i mean you know we're sitting there and we're we're drinking pulque in mexico city and i'm asking him you know these off the wall questions like three in the morning in mexico city and you know i'm literally asking him like hey man like so what happened, like, with Frida's stuff, you know, like, yeah. is your family, and he's literally, you know, telling me, uh, you know, his all his family stories, and, you know, for me, I was like, oh, oh my God, like, I'm sitting here right now yeah. with Frida Kylo's great-grandnephew, and his grandma, you know, which, you know, uh, he was living with at the time, you know, he's offering the kitchen, too, for us to do cooking classes, and this... You know, my mind was just blown. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is really happening right now and that the universe has put me in this position to connect with this guy. So when Music Tastes Good came to us, yeah. they are like, okay, hey, we want you to be involved. We want you to uh, participate in this farm-to-table experience. Um,
6: It was a no-brainer for me to to invite Diego. So let's talk about music tastes good. Um, Huge, you know, it's Long Beach focused. Uh, Super exciting, tons of great bands. So Vanessa, the specials, things like that. Um, How did it come about? How did you get to be involved with the festival itself?
7: So Joshua Fishel, you know, he's, uh, I mean, he's a mainstay here in Long Beach. He's kind of like the godfather of um, the arts, I would say in my personal opinion. You know, and he's just so talented, just musically and uh, artistically, really. And he had this idea, you know, and a couple years ago, this is about two years ago, he comes up to us and, you know, he wants to have a meeting. And He goes, Lewis, I have this idea. I want to do a music festival. You know, Long Long Beach has done awesome music festivals in the past, but this one is going to do, is going to be bigger. This one, you know, I want to put Long Beach on the map. And we started kind of discussing it and he comes up with his name. He goes, I got this name and it's called Music Tastes Good. He goes, what I want to do is I want to curate the sickest, most unbelievable, mismatched uh, uh, music uh, uh, talent and at the same time I want to do the same thing but match the talent and the music with the food. And that was like the beginning talks of, of kicking this thing off and
6: you look at it now, you look at The lineup that's coming up in a week and a half is just unreal. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about the dinner. So you're doing one of the six dishes. You guys are going to be doing What's the dish you're going to be making?
7: The dish we're making, we're actually going to be uh, presenting a seared veal tongue taco. Okay. And we're going to top it with a guajillo uh, bone marrow salsa. Mmm. Yeah, and uh, we're in talks, you know, of either getting uh, fresh heirloom corn, Tortillas, or if we're actually going to make a plantain tortilla, um, to kind of give you a little bit of the sweet, savory kind of take on things. So we're still playing a little bit. Um, Diego flies in this coming week, yeah, and then that's when really the we'll put our our science,
6: uh, mad scientist coats on, and just really start getting into work. And who else is cooking? Who else is uh, uh, providing dishes for the dinner?
7: <clears throat> so out of the six chefs, it's uh, so myself and Diego. Um, Chef Art from Pancha Cucina. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chef Pretty from Restoration. Um, geez, I can't think of the guy's name from uh, from James Republic. Um, David McLeanen. Yep, David McLeanen. Uh, Chef Paul Buchanan from Primal Alchemy. And who am I missing? Philip Pretty. Oh, Philip Pretty from Restoration, and then Eddie Ruiz from oh, yeah. from Public Beer and Wine. It's a it's a heavy it's a heavy uh, lineup. Yeah, it's a super super heavy lineup. It's super dynamic. Um, you know, we had a meeting and it was just it was crazy. It was almost like you're sitting in a shed with firecrackers and someone's got a lighter in their hand and you know ideas just going crazy and you know just just the group that was handpicked is mm-hmm. is amazing. You know, and I, I think that everybody's styles and and the creativity of everything just goes in every which way in every other direction are there still tickets available there's still tickets available from the last that I had checked um, just go to mtglb.co. co co and uh, in order to get involved with the farm to table dinner yeah I believe you have to purchase the Saturday
6: uh, have to it's, it's gonna be an awesome day yeah have to Oh, I have to hang out all day <laughs> yeah. and listen to good music. I mean, if you, if, great you music. Want, if you
7: want to listen to the specials or you know, yeah. I mean, De La Soul. I mean, it's a, if you like that kind of stuff, yeah, you know. if you're
6: into that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, Chef, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find uh, Lola's uh, online? You got you, How's your Instagram game?
7: You got go Instagram's and... rocking and rolling. Yeah, I got a really good Instagram. It's uh, I Love Lola's. Take it. Instagram. Um, Lola'sMexicanCuisine dot uh, but, yeah, I mean, if uh, anybody out there listening, you know, we'll be more than happy to, to have you at the farm table dinner. That music tastes good. Or just in general, just come by for uh, Yeah, if you're in Long yeah, Beach yeah. cruising,
6: you know, come on by. Uh, you feel free to ask for me. Just come say hello. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chef. We have uh, another amazing track that was recorded live on Snacking and Tunes, uh, Light Asylum, Dark Allies. And then coming up next, we have Pill live in studio here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
4: Hi, this is peter kim the executive director of mofad the museum of food and drink we're a nonprofit founded by dave arnold the host of cooking issues here on the heritage radio network and we want to take people on a learning adventure through the world of food we just opened mofad lab our gallery space at 62 bayard street in williamsburg brooklyn where we are currently showing flavor making it and faking it flavor features some very cool sensory interaction Flavor tablets deliver tastings of vanilla and umami, and the Willy Wonka inspired smell synth lets you compose over half a million different flavors. So come on by and visit Mofad Lab. We're open five days a week, and tickets are $5 for kids and $10 for adults. Learn more about the Museum of Food and Drink at Mofad.org. All
3: right. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We have Pill in house. Snacky
8: Tunes! Snacky Tunes! Whoa! Mama!
3: Uh, this is a new audition for the new theme song yes, yes? Yep. yeah oh okay great <laughs> my
5: idea for the theme song for Snacky Tunes was uh I was thinking we could get these train squirrel like a maybe like a you know a zoo squirrel would know what to do and
9: he give him some saltines be like
3: <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of a zoo squirrel <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh I hate what's jokes
9: going on hi he's pointing at me and pointing at the mic. yeah no That's, you guys are doing
3: great do you yeah, want to inter- do you want to yeah. introduce yourselves hi I'm Andrew Hello. hi Andrew
9: Hi, Veronica.
5: This is Benjamin Jaffe.
3: Hey, I'm John. Hey, Veronica, we realize that we know each other from somewhere, some New York past.
10: Some uh, kind of uh, embarrassing New York past. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that embarrassing. What? No, it's not that embarrassing. Tinder?
3: Yeah, we, we matched on Tinder. <laughs> no. We, we definitely met each other long before Tinder ever existed. Oh, cool. Uh, Thank God. You said oh, Miss Yeah, it, uh, I loved Miss She's pregnant, just announced.
10: Oh, crazy. I know. Wow.
3: Small world. Um, so one of the great things about your music is your kind of conversation with New York. So yeah. what type of conversation are you trying to have with the city? And also, you know, taking to mind all the influences that feed through your music.
9: That's a good one. Yeah. I like Damn, it. on the um, spot. Conversation with New York. Well, personally, um, I moved here because I wanted to be a writer Mm -hmm. and then it kind of transmogrified into just working at, like, record stores. So (laughs) I I don't know how that worked out, but, like, the conversation was, like, implied because Mm -hmm. I had to, like, know New York. Like, I didn't work at any record stores until I moved to New York. I worked at a Sam Goody in high school where I sold, (laughs) like, Josh Groban and shit like that. (laughs) But, like, once I got to New York and started working at record stores, um, like the conversation became implied. Like, I had to know about New York music because I was a part of a real, like, long-term uh, community that valued, like, even, like, minuscule stuff, you know, like, going all the way back from New No Wave Age and, like, post-punk and what was, before that, you know.
3: What was the, like, first band that was your entry point? That can go for all of you, too.
10: I mean, I remember coming oh, into God. the city when I was, like, 16 and getting a Velvet Underground record on the sidewalk and, (laughs) uh, you know, being like, I've got to move here. (laughs) Like, I feel like such a loner in my high school. I've got to move here. And then you actually do move here and find this amazing, vibrant community. So, I mean...
9: Just to be... I mean, also, I just want to make a point. This is Andrew again. I just wanted to make the point that I did not move here for music or anything, actually. Mm -hmm. I moved here for... Mamoon's falafel. That's actually the <laughs> <way you're looking laughs> that here for it. It's true. Yeah, it is it's really good. It, yeah, it's it's a, cheap. It's, it's it, a
3: two hundred dollar train ticket and a three dollar falafel. Exactly. Well, we you know I was
9: I was on the the road on the in the car. Yeah. Ben, what are you going to say about this thing? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I, I got a
5: lot of things to say about a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, if you're asking about <laughs> New York, I mean, I I did play in a, a couple of New York bands. You know, won't say what they were. That's not really important. What is important is that. Um, a place where a saxophone player can really breathe is New York City. Hey, and man, I, also, I also know a guy that... <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I also know a guy that used to, um, he used to pay a bus ticket to go to New York. And he would come down here and he would go to Katz's and get, and get a, a pastrami sandwich. Yeah. And then he would go back to Boston and work a shift where I used to work with him. Yuck. And the thing is, he told me, he said, if you're a New York kind of person
3: that's just where you should be, and he looked at me and he said, and you should go there. <laughs> so I did. Wait, so he would take an eight hour, four hours down, four hours back just for the sandwich. No wow. joke. About yeah, Boston? yeah. A, yep. Because you couldn't. Yeah. was from Boston? Yep. In Boston, he'd
5: have to say, like, okay, like, I want a sandwich, but you're going to have to put, like, two portions of pastrami on it, <laughs> but just put it on, like, two pieces of bread. And that's ben, what he you, used to do.
9: Ben, your radio voice—like we've done a few radio shows recently—and Ben, Ben, you add a little bit of a vocal
8: fry to your radio voice. <laughs> oh, like, oh, hey! Like,
9: you go like this, like hey, <laughs> cats. Like,
5: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm schooled <laughs> in. <laughs> I'm schooled in the right great. <laughs> uh, I'm schooled in the in the great voice actors. I don't quite have the the practice. John, that what they con- have.
9: wait, John, what conversation are you having? <laughs> What? Come back to the conversation? Yeah,
2: what conversation are you having with New York? Uh, with this band specifically? Sure. Oh, God. Uh, I think a, a really important aspect of New York that I'm just learning now after being here for, like, seven years, eight years, is, like, to embrace uh, the element of randomness.
9: Yeah,
5: yeah.
2: Which I think does intersect with uh, the voice of this band, you know?
5: you got to let the city change you.
2: Yeah exactly Like it may sound cheesy But like I've, I've been having All these conversations recently With people that Are sort of giving up And moving Moving away from New York Yeah and, pe- and people talk about Like giving 10 years At least to New York City Before leaving Or else you like Can't say shit about it Like you're not allowed To complain unless You've been here for that long Cause yeah. like Don't there's... move
5: to the suburbs Of the mine baby
2: Yeah Yeah exactly the suburbs of the mind, the some people, people have to do. yeah, jokes suck. Um, yeah. but uh, in that way, it may sound cheesy, but like I I feel like we just I just started like giving to New York. You have to give
3: to it in order to get something back, yeah, that's you know. True. Uh, let's hear a song. Yes yeah, let's, let's hear the first of three conversations. What's the first song you're gonna play? Vagabond. Vagabond. Vagabond.
2: Yeah, it was one of the singles off our new record out in August on Mexican Summer. uh, August 19th, baby! Interestingly
5: enough, a
8: great song by Joe Cuba.
3: things that uh, I like about your approach to what we would say the modern music uh, vibe is that you have a non-modern approach low profile uh, kind of word of mouth um, how do you feel or how did you kind of arrive at that just to kind of focus more on the music and less about like Instagram and social media and you know- uh,
2: I, I think in retrospect you could argue that it was a sign of the times that we approached it that way but that was not our intention at all. Yeah. Our intention was this was the music and the songs, and playing as often as possible just to get
9: uh, better, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, another thing was that I think I think a big part of it was that, it, like you have to understand, a lot of us have been playing music for a really long time. John has been playing; he played in a band called Crinkles for a really long time. Ben he, played in a bunch of bands back in the day. Like but he won't name. Sorry? <laughs> that he won't name. He, <laughs> he might. Uh, well,
5: well, well the, past, the past is nameless. In, it, it, it,
9: oh God, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the point is Rip that we've all again, you you we've all done like art projects and stuff like that. And like the reason is that we got together was because we wanted to just like fucking have fun. Yeah. Sorry to, for cursing. I don't know
3: if that's, it's that's radio, allowed. Okay, fine. cool.
9: No snacky swears. But, but I think a big part about it also was like we were just like kind of like fuck this, like, we don't want to do that. Like, we just want to play music and have fun.
10: That being said, uh, I don't, we weren't, like, anti-internet presence, though. I think that we ultimately felt like we didn't know if we were going to keep playing after a few months or, like, what we wanted to do, and, like, now we're totally fine with it because it's a tool. So you should definitely check out. Hillpop.cool uh, yes. our new relaunched website that yeah. actually has information on it yes. as well as being a beautiful art project made by Nicholas Campolo well,
9: our, our joke our joke the, our joke website was the thing that we gave to bookers for a really long time because we were just like we have been in so many projects and so many bands that we've had to like set up Facebooks and this and that and Instagrams and things like <laughs> Like, I have a million Facebook pages that I'm trying to get off of of bands that I was part of. <laughs> right. One of them's literally named Ghost Dad, and I mean that would be a problem if I was that. still in that I'll band. That. But but the thing is that like like we made a joke website because we thought it was funny and it was like part of like you know, it's like so much more natural than us being like well, I'm deciding not to do this for like political reasons. Like, I mean, yeah, kind of ultimately that. Uh, I guess like we can look at it like Don was saying, like in retrospect, like that. That's how it's
2: framed either way. Like, yeah, that's it how it's framed. Us, you know? It wasn't
9: really a. <laughs> that's to us. just we the just narrative over, that took like, place. Weird, sure, yeah. We just want to make a weird website and just play live shows. And if like people like our stuff, that's tight, man. Like I don't care.
3: I mean, it's, but, kind, of, it's kind of interesting. Like the approach where it's just like so many bands these days come so fully formed and they've played three shows and they have three songs and they get. Well, there's a weird, like, immediacy
2: right now that, like, maybe in a way people think that they need to present the world with, like, a package.
9: Mm-hmm. You know
2: what I mean? Because it's, like, that's how things are bought and sold nowadays. Is yeah, like, that's
9: really good So point. you
2: need, like, some ultimatum to the project. Whereas when we got together, there were, the means was the end, you know? There wasn't, right. like, we weren't trying to
9: package it right away, which yeah. is... We were just trying to the, get drunk and high. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. It's, like, a weird, it's a weird path, and it's absolutely a... Definitive like decision that I feel like contemporary bands make. And it's just, it's a way of doing things. I'm not saying there's a right way. It's
9: just right. like, I've, I've always been it's a I, different I, I, way. I guess what I'd ultimately is we, we've intellectualized our laziness, is what this <laughs> <laughs> is. <laughs>
2: Yes. Exactly. I,
9: was, I always, I mean, I, I always
5: like what Shannon Selberg from The Cows said. And, and, um, he said, "These days, you know, there's these bands that they post all this stuff online before they're actually ready to really play a show. Right? And you can't surprise someone, you know, one step at a time. The if if someone sees what you're doing every single step of the way, then you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to hit. You know, think about it. Like if you look at." Uh, Evolution of, of uh, you know, vertebrates. You'd be like, all right, well, here it's, you know, Literally nobody it's like, of it like that. you know, you <laughs> <laughs> continue. <laughs> like, continue. You know, it's like, well, it's like 270 million years ago, you've got, you know, uh, an organism that's like beginning to be able to flop about on land, and then all of a sudden you have a bird. And it's like, that's surprising. But if we look every page at a time, like for millions and millions and millions and millions, and millions of pages, it's you're never going to sit through it all, you know. If you want to surprise people, you've got to you've got to
3: really hit. You can't surprise people one step at a time. Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Can we hear another song? Yeah. Yes. yes. What are you going to play? Um, speaking
2: up. It's a, a lower volume.
3: Also okay. The
9: first time we've ever played this on anything.
2: Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Premiere. Like we, we just started playing it at shows. Oh. Yeah, a but, Snacky Tunes premiere. Um, snacky Tunes premiere. We used to have an
3: air horn um, sound.
2: Flickle, flick! Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh. Do it, Ben. Do it.
3: Oh my god.
8: Oh my god.
3: <laughs> that's better. That yeah. is So that's, much better. That's so much better. Um, okay. Here we go live on Snacky Tunes. Mentioned the website, and I wanted to go back to that for a hot second. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, the aesthetic is super rad. How did you end up uh, with the white and red pills?
2: Oh, that's, that's just a dedication.
9: <laughs> yeah, that's some uh, John's vision.
2: Um. The, the red and white I mean, I knew that we had to embrace the image of the, the of like the pill capsule, yeah, especially considering like a lot of the inspiration early on when we were like tossing around names originally we were talking about like Akira, which is where
8: mm-hmm.
2: how I remember it that's how yeah. the the name came about I don't I don't know it's like a that's like the game of the whole thing but John
9: were you watching Akira
2: yeah, I think I was watching Akira yeah, at I the mean time a lot of Akira. and we were like, oh pill and, and the joke with public image limited is. You know, obviously, yeah. like also
10: she's a pill, backhanded, are, but like society's over medication, etc. Yeah, it,
2: exactly. It hits yeah. on
3: multiple levels.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was just like a really uh,
9: and I saw a pill,
2: high power, <laughs> single word. You know, Ben, yeah.
9: ben Jaffe, our sax player, used to skateboard to public initial living I did, I really did. Yep,
5: no
2: joke. Yeah, yeah. But to I answer your a question, like s-
9: about whether we know that band or not, like yeah. we know their existence exists. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know? we're, we're, we're okay. aware. Yeah, just yeah. 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 But to answer your question, it, yeah, I think it was an embrace, embracing like the image. This is our first record, you know, that's out very soon, uh, and, and it had never it was too, let it, me see a pill again. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna shift from then, but like it, it, it had we had to commit to it. You
9: well, know? John, another thing, specifically about the visuals though, like John and his brother Nick uh, Campolo, who uh, made the website. With us, he's a yeah. genius online. Like he's a fantastic web artist, and um, like we're all anime, neo punk, you know, cyberpunk. Hey, beer! Beers. Yeah! Oh my god! Well, what up, Donnie! Our
1: Thank daughter. you to
9: Donnie from
2: B you Boys. You love you, baby. Yeah. Uh, listen to the B Boys session if you're listening to this one. They were in here before us, and they're good friends. Yeah, we love Great you guys.
9: Friends. Awesome band, really awesome band. Um. But like um, you know, visuals is a huge part of what we're doing.
3: Um, yeah, it's half. It's half of this. It. <laughs> yeah, it's literally <laughs> yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just interesting because you flew so under the radar with like almost no online presence, and now that sure, it like the it's what's kind of great is that looking at the website, it's so fully formed, and it's not, and it's like all the effort went into that. You didn't make like a crap website. You're like, ah, we already have a website. It's a thing. It's very obvious like that time was taken with that. Yeah. And it's like a fully realized thing. But we yeah, treat
2: but it like a like a leg of the project, right. you know? Like multi multimedia yeah. is yep. very important.
9: But another part of it is that all it's also just an excuse to get drunk and high. Like, oh, yeah.
2: like a, And make it. And make it. And yeah. make it. Like uh, Nick
9: Nick his roommate um, or art is roommates with me and uh, Veronica and
10: we just like would come out. He'd be working on it, and I would
9: like to say that I it's don't very... smoke marijuana. Yeah, <laughs> hey, right, okay, Mom. sorry. I mean, Mom. I'm, just, I'm just saying it because it sounds. Cool. It's, it's like yeah. Frank Miller was an excuse to
8: draw. <laughs> this. yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's
3: And so the record is coming out on Mexican Summer. Yes, yeah. coolest people ever. Yeah, They're they've so been great. so
2: sweet. Like yeah. we we love them so much. This
9: fear uh, that, Donnie just. The beer that Donnie brought in, I mixed it with my old beer, and it kind of
3: tastes like pretzels now. Ooh, yeah, I don't salty! Know why you did that a little, a little yeah, group. it's really A little, little mix and match. Uh, so it's coming out uh, August. August nineteenth. Yeah, Amazing. it's in a few weeks.
2: Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, we're very excited. It's uh, we're having a record release show in a church in Greenpoint.
3: Oh, is so that church near Lot Radio? That Lutheran church. Yeah, That's it's on is awesome. the go request. I, I hung no, out. No, it's
9: not by Lot Radio. Oh, it's, it's the
3: other one where they used to the do Gold like Rick. the. Oh. McGolrick Park. Yeah, I, they think used it's, to,
9: I don't think they've ever done anything there. They,
3: if it's, yes, they, they used to do uh, ago, alcohol-free uh, dance parties there. Yes, it's like sober dance parties. Well, this will oh, be another dance, dance all party. All dark. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah, there I will be
2: alcohol use... Dale. Okay. there. Okay, we'll have the blood of Christ cocktail. There will be alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> just red wine available and just... saltines. Red <laughs> saltines, wine and saltines.
9: Saltines in red wine.
2: Yeah, but it's uh, uh, Friday the nineteenth. It's gonna be really fun. We're playing with our friends Pop twelve eighty and a secret special guest. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh. and uh, uh-oh, Absolutely. and uh, our good friends from Future Punks. So Amazing. it's going to be like a great...
3: That's a great lineup. Great time, That's man. an excellent lineup. Yeah, Hillary yeah. yeah. Clinton. Yeah, you're Also, retire.
10: great new shirts. Great yes. new shirts.
2: <laughs> t-shirts.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, we're have we going to have new T-shirts. Got to get that merch. Um, okay, well, we want to make sure we have time for one more song. Um, where can people find you? I know said the website, but Instagram, social media, now that you're on it, where can they you? All
9: right, so www.pillpop.cool.com is our website like dot,
2: cool.
6: Dot,
9: dot cool cool yeah I know <laughs> um, and then it's a cheaper domain than it, dot com yeah it really is and then um, we're on Facebook as pill the band pill right? the band it's, yeah it's facebook.com slash pill the band or whatever also hashtag pill the band um Spotify I don't know man Just, it's everywhere uh, it's, it's everywhere Canada. you want
3: to be okay it,
9: yeah we love you
3: um well thanks for uh thanks for coming in thanks to our guest today uh, big shout out to the family and all the people who are tuned in listening uh, we'll be back with another episode of Snacky Tunes next week uh, what's the name of the last song you're going to take us out with
2: uh, we're going to play Dead Boys it's off the new
3: record uh, is it an homage to the the NYC band yeah yeah sure, yeah, sure. Yes. yeah why not right why yeah, not right? it's an homage yeah.
9: to boys who are dead Okay.
5: And, and uh, bones
3: and bears. Bones and bears. All right. Well, well. Thanks for coming. We'll uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Today. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. <laughs>
8: Cut that out, by the way. Is it wicked?
10: And can I lick it? What's you take?